A toast to the hunters from your friends at Grain Belt. May the mornings be clear and the fresh air be crisp. May you find solace in the silence. May the stillness settle your soul. May your long shot stay true. May your heart roam free. May you find what you seek in the fields you stock. May your call to the wild be answered. And at the end of the day, may you share in the thrill of the hunt with your friends. So here's to the eight pointers and the 12 ounces. Here's to you and to your thirst for adventure. Bring Grain Belt to the outdoors with our limited edition premium hunting season pack. This season, enter to win a hunting trip for two to Brown's Hunting Lodge, wherever you can find premium 12 and 24 pack cans. For more information, visit our website at grainbelt.com forward slash hunting dash trip. Hey, bird hunters. This episode of the Flush Podcast is brought to you by Onyx Hunt, Waltons, Nutrisource Pet Foods, Aluma Trailers, Grain Belt Premium Beer, Federal Ammunition, and by North Dakota Tourism. My guests today are Megan Crone and Jim Dario from Sportsman's Guide. Megan and Jim are in the house to help us gear up for the hunting season. From clothing to boots, ammo to electronics, kennels, and so much more. We'll help you find the best deals and learn about the outdoor industry from manufacturers all the way down the line to you. It's time to start planning your next bird hunt. If you've listened to this podcast for any time at all, then you know where I'm about to send you. That's to North Dakota. Why? Well, it's one of the greatest places on earth to watch a bird dog in the field. That's why. In North Dakota, you can experience a waterfall hunt during the peak of the fall migration and have the best upland hunt all in the same day. I've done it many times. That's why I know it's true. Plus, this year, the spring pheasant crowing counts were up 30% from last year, and the weather has been looking good for a strong hatch. Water levels are up, way up, which means the total number of wetlands are up too, 76% above the long-term average, and that means more ducks and geese. The state's breeding duck index was the 23rd highest on record this year, 39% above the long-term average at 3.4 million. All of this means more pheasants than last year, more ducks than last year, and I'm hearing excellent reports about the sharp-tailed grouse and Hungarian partridge too. Start planning your world-class hunt in North Dakota at hellond.com. Welcome to this week's episode of the Flush Podcast. I am Travis Frank. I am your host, Brandon Morton. As always, is our producer. Good morning, Brandon. Good morning, How Travis. are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm well. I am Good. feeling fresh. I'm energized. I don't know if you can feel the energy. I couldn't tell in the slightest. You couldn't tell? No, okay. not at all. I yeah. just spent a week uh, not working. Yeah. And so I'm feeling a little bit better. That's awesome. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. you. At the end of summer, the last couple of years, my family, my wife and I have made it a point to take a week and just spend it with just the family, just us. And so we've gone to this um, this cabin, same cabin on the same lake up near Grand Rapids, Minnesota, called Thunder Lake, and we stay at Thunder Lake Lodge. It's a family-run resort, and it's just become, like, the best week of the year. And our kids have made friends with other families that have done the same thing. They just keep coming back too. And now it's just like, oh, it's one of those things where we sit back and we, we are just so grateful that we can do it, but it, it's exhausting because we're getting up super early. I'm fishing every morning with my son and it's something that he loves just one-on-one -on -one time, but 
all the activities, the swimming, the tubing, the baseball, football, hockey, volleyball, playing at the park. Uh, we go into town, there's turtle races. And, <laughs> I mean, like we do it all to the point that we're so exhausted, but it's just such a rich time spent together. I don't know why I'm telling you this story. Maybe it's because I think if you have the opportunity yet to do something with your family, listeners, just carve out that time and make that tradition to spend it together. I, it's so valuable. I hope that everyone has the opportunity to do it, whatever that place may be for you. And, you know, we're coming into hunting season and I'm jacked up for that as well. I have spent some time in the field with Daisy. We've been doing some preseason training. I'm just trying to steady her up before we hit the road and start filming here in a couple of weeks. And the, like, I am, I am full on ready to hunt you guys. <laughs> I am so excited to be back out in the field. We, we found several broods on a WMA and I'm not going to say where, I'll just say central Minnesota. If people know where I live, it wasn't far from that. You can search online and figure out where I live pretty easily. And we, we saw, uh, three different, um, hatches i'm pretty certain in my latest walk out there I, th I think we found about 25 to 30 pheasants and we walked for like an hour and a half it's pretty hot right now but we got up early and, and made it out there and some of the broods you could tell were were big eight nine ten birds in it and those birds were bigger and um there were some that surprised me really surprised me that they could even fly. The birds were so small. Daisy's standing there on point. I walk in to go for the flush. I am trying to keep her from, if she moves at all, I'm going to stop her. And just remind her, hey, your job here is to stand still. So that's what I'm working on with her right now. And, you know, it's, it's fun to watch her get back into game shape. I am also doing the same. And I will... Pretty soon be holding a shotgun instead of a cap gun. And that's exciting right now. Um, but today's episode is about gear, all kinds of gear. We've got a couple of guests. And before I bring them into the show, though, I like to read some of our listener questions and or stories. And I've got a couple today, Brandon. Do you have any preference if I do a bucket list adventure trip today or... Hunting with a one-year-old. I think hunting with a one-year-old. Okay. That sounds like a great story. Okay. This one comes from Morgan Bennett. Message says, hello, I've been listening to your podcast and watching your show for just over a year and love it. I have noticed that lately y'all discuss mentoring and getting kids into the outdoors pretty often, which is great and something I've been thinking about more lately. My husband and I welcomed our first child in October of 2022. So I've been thinking about how to incorporate him into hunting this season. There are some awesome moms and dads who take their kiddos hunting at all ages. So it'd be great to see more of that on the show. As a fairly new mom, I don't want to leave my little man at home with grandma. So he will be going to South Dakota and Arizona on his first bird hunting trips. Even though I'm excited about this, I am a bit nervous taking a one-year-old. Seeing other parents navigate this situation would certainly shed some light on hunting with kids, especially little ones, and I think it would be a nice addition to your show. To add to my traveling circus, this will be the first hunting season for my first bird dog. I likely won't get many birds, but that just means there are more for next year. 
Sincerely, Morgan Bennett. Morgan, I love this message. Congrats on your first son you, uh, to you and your husband and your first bird dog. Um, there's a lot that I feel like I want to talk on or touch on with what you have written in here. But just the fact that you want to be out there with your son at one is amazing. Your son is very fortunate to have you and your husband in his life to lead him into the field in this way. There will be challenges, no doubt, bringing a one-year-old. Um, not only do you have to keep an eye on your dog, but um, your son. So I have two episodes this year focused on young kids in hunting, television shows. I'm really excited about these episodes and I hope that it will encourage and inspire others to bring their young children out in the field. Um, I don't know how that's going to go yet. Um, but, so I don't really have that. Well, I guess we'll, what I'll say is I think your checklist is a lot larger with a one-year-old. I started bringing my kids when they were two and three. Now, upland hunting is different because you're moving. You can't just bring them out, set them down, like say turkey hunting or goose and duck hunting where we're sitting in a blind together. Those are the ways that I started. This is going to be a challenge. And I think um, my advice, Morgan, is to anticipate everything being a lot slower, a lot um, uh, lower expectations probably. You might want to make it to maybe it's a mountain in Arizona and something could change and your son might not be okay going further. You might have to stop. You might not get where you want to go, but that is all part of the experience. I have learned hunting with my kids early on that harvesting the game is really a, a major bonus. It's not really the, what makes that a great um, hunt and that I know that hearing like let's just say turkeys for example hearing the gobble that was that was a success the first time I took my son hunting he didn't make it long enough in the blind for the birds to actually leave the roost and land on the ground but he heard the gobble and that planted a seed now for upland you know I'm thinking you're probably going to have your son in a backpack you're probably going to have the earmuffs on will your son keep the earmuffs on I don't know so maybe you're not a shooter maybe it's just your husband but your son is with on that you get to walk along and your son is safe. Your husband takes a shot. You get a bird. You celebrate that. You end on a high. I'm just thinking about, you know, the attention span of a young kid, even a one-year-old. That's pretty young. But two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight-year-olds, their attention span is not um, extremely long. You want to make the trips short and sweet and on a high note that they would want to come back for. If they want to come back, that's a win. That is a win. You're planting seeds early on. If you overdo it, it can become a miserable experience for kids that they don't want to go back and do. So short and sweet, something great happens, high five, you celebrate, you quit right there. You know, you walk out of the field. And that's why your, your experiences might not be what you anticipate, um, and they might be really short. So rather than begging a limit of birds, seeing a bird flush, seeing a dog out there in the field, and... I stumbled a little bit ago trying to grasp what I wanted to say here, but I think what we'll try to 
document when we're out in the field with some young hunters this season is is just the way that um, they absorb it. It's going to be different than somebody that's been out in the field for many, many years, but that that changes um, what you what you um, call a successful hunt and you're planting seeds early on that you hope will grow over time. I'm seeing the results of that now with my oldest, who's now nine and he's obsessed with it just like I am. And that's so much fun to see it through his eyes. We're going out on these early morning walks together. We're training together, um, practicing, starting with a BB gun, then working up into a shotgun. You know, my, my oldest was very, Uh, mature in his gun handling skills and so he was shooting a 20 gauge shotgun when he was seven years old with confidence hitting flying objects he handled his gun safely so I was comfortable letting him start shooting and now you know this season we have big plans we have really big plans Morgan I'm pumped for you Thanks for listening to our podcast and watching our TV shows. Hopefully we can produce some content that it keeps inspiring you. Hopefully your uh, story inspires others to bring their young kids out into the field as well. And if you have any other questions, maybe I can have some helpful advice for you as well. Keep sending them in. We love to hear these stories. I've gotten some really good ones lately, the last couple of weeks. And some of them, I, I just have to figure out if it's an entire podcast to try to to read it and answer it because some of the stories are lengthy and awesome and I want to do justice to them as well. So we'll, we'll continue. Um, you can find all of our social channels at the flush TV and you can find us online at the flush.tv. There's ways to send us your stories, your questions. Uh, I think next week we'll tackle the, the bucket list hunt. It's a six week adventure, six weeks, six weeks, Brandon. Easy. Easy peasy. Anybody can do that. Anybody can do that. Yeah, exactly. All right. Let's get to our guests. Megan Crone and Jim Dario from Sportsman's Guide. Thanks for letting me ramble there for a little bit, you two, while I um, waxed. Maybe Ron would say I waxed poetically. Not me. He does, Ron Shera, about walking through the field and spending time with family. It's just obviously it's so important to me. And I know it's important to a lot of our listeners as well. But today... It's not about, or the rest of this is not about me. It's about you two. <laughs> it's about you two. Where do we begin? Megan? No. No? Okay, Jim. <laughs> Jim, um, introduce yourself, please. Your role at Sportsman's Guide and your role and your, your passion in the field. Well, uh, Jim Dyer, I've been at Sportsman's Guide. Well, I originally started in 1998, so I've been with the company actually two times. Okay. And uh, the company has evolved uh, significant changes over, over throughout the years. And, and so it's been exciting to see, and, and especially with what we're trying to accomplish today um, within uh, the hunting, fishing, and, and, and shooting sports uh, categories. So yeah. what is your title there? I'm a merchandising manager. Okay. And, what does that mean? And so I oversee uh, a part of the hunting. We share the responsibilities on the hard goods side. So uh, from upland hunting, uh, I would be responsible for the, the dog products, uh, uh, training uh, kennels, etc. Um, but then also on the big game side, I'm buying the game cameras, blinds, uh, game carts, game feeders, pretty much uh, all that. If it doesn't have a trigger, I don't, I don't 
I don't buy it, but almost everything else, I guess I do. Um, and then um, also we're trying to grow a waterfowl business as well. Uh, and so we're trying to expand that product category and as well as turkeys. So it's never a break. It's it's uh, year round now hunting uh, yeah. within the company. So And Sportsman's Guide is based here in St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. When did Sportsman's Guide officially become or when did you when did the company when was it founded in the 70s in the 70s yeah my how things have changed over the course of the 50 years in business you know and look at where um retail outdoor retail has gone today Mm -hmm. you know you think about amazon in this in this world of online shopping you guys were we're really a catalog company from the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, and I think back to like Cabela's was a catalog company before, um, you know, before we had box stores here in Minnesota, but sportsman's guide, uh, you know, today, do you have any guess as to how many SKUs you guys have in your warehouse or online? Maybe Megan knows the answer to this. thought it was about, in between seventy to eighty thousand. Now that we've expanded fishing, which is a very highly skewed yeah. assortment, um, we're getting up there near a hundred thousand items. That's crazy. In our warehouse, which is um, easily accessible online in a catalog, um, stopping by a retail store in South Saint Paul. Um, we're growing. We're expanding, and it's pretty exciting. Yeah, very. Megan, you gave me a tour, like, I don't know, maybe eight months ago or something, the first time I was ever in the warehouse, and it blows my mind how, like, hello down there, you're yelling down these long, long aisles, Mm -hmm. and the racks are, I don't know how tall, but, I mean, the amount of gear that you guys have is amazing to me. It's like, uh, I mean, I mentioned Amazon, you know, they sell, obviously, everything, but um, just outdoor gear, outdoor gear. And that's how I think it's kind of fun to have you guys in the, in uh, the office today to talk is because you work with all of the manufacturers, you know, and you're bringing all of the gear to the consumer. And so it's, I think I, maybe not, but I think kind of like an unbiased opinion or view of all of the outdoor gear, which I think is a fun conversation for us to, to dig into. Megan, what's your role at Sportsman's Guide and how long have you been there? Yeah, so I've been at Sportsman's Guide for almost a year. Um, I'm back on my second stint as well. I was there a couple years ago as a as on the merchandising team. I'm now on the marketing team where I work um, as a site planner for the fishing, boating, camping, truck, a- truck tool, and ATV teams, along with managing some of our partnerships, uh, whether that's Pheasants Forever, Whitetails Unlimited, NWTF, uh, USA Clay Target, which is also based out of Egan, Minnesota. Uh, So I kind of manage those partnerships um, from an outside perspective, and then I internally work on on our e-commerce platform site. um, What is the Conservation Roundup? Yes. So about four months ago, we started a Partnership and Conservation Fund giving our customers the ability to round up to uh, donate a dollar, $5 or $10 for the organizations that we partnership with. So as I mentioned, Pheasants and Quail Forever, Whitetails Unlimited, NWTF, which is the National Wildlife Turkey Federation, um, The Few, which is Foundation for Exceptional Warriors, and then USA Clay Target. Um, Throughout that four months that that's been 
and a, a capability of our customers to donate to. We are up to $25,000 that our customers, um, they just choose to, they add, choose on. to add on because they believe in us. They believe in the foundations and the partnerships that we have, whether that's, you know, if there's a tie in with the military and you want to donate, that money goes to the few. Can you choose which? You cannot. It just goes okay. to a general pool. Okay. Um, and then we will split that out at the end of the year for those six or five. If you combine Pheasants Forever and Quail Forever, those six organizations, um, we will split those at the end of the year. And, you know, if we're on pace at four months at 25,000, you know, for, for a year, you're looking at, you know, $75,000 that we can be able to put towards those organizations that are, you know, conserving, building, maintaining, wildlife sanctuaries, rivers, streams, fields to go hunting in, um, you know, helping out with pheasants forever with some of those WMAs. Um, so it's really great. It's, you know, we never doubted our customers and our consumers to want to help. It was just giving them the right venue and Avenue to, to be able to do that. Yeah. So super exciting. Um, beyond the career side of things, you both are passionate Upland bird hunters. How's Moose doing right now, Megan? Moose is good. Moose uh, met Daisy at the game fair. <laughs> I know, last week we're at game fair. And they took to each other they pretty did. good. It was interesting. I was actually telling Jim the story on the way in here. I'm like, Moose is a very, very independent dog. He's an only child, um, whether that's four legs or two legs. So he's he's in his own little element. And other dogs don't phase him. He doesn't even look at him. But then he zoned in on Daisy uh, at the game fair. And it was, it was quite a – I was just – shocked. (laughs) Sorry, Travis, he's never done this before. Uh, but no, he's, it's extremely hot here this week, but us too, you know, we're getting into that, uh, getting him into shape. There's a, there's a difference. He can go walking with me three miles a day, but putting him in a field is a different story. So kind of switching that, uh, mentality for him is, is definitely on the brink. Some of those cooler mornings that we had a couple weeks ago, I mean, he was excited, Mm -hmm. you know, he could sense it in the air. The, his nose was just constantly going, especially with the heavy dews. He knows it's, it's coming. Um, he'll get a little fooled this week as we hit near hundred and he's in the air conditioning. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah. Um, the, the early morning has been crucial to get out because I mean, I'm heading to the high prairie here in a couple of weeks and I, I want Daisy to be able to put on 20, 30, 40 miles if needed, but this is just awful right now this 100 degrees that we have this week just the heat you know i can see her after about usually it takes her at least 10 miles before she'll go from like top speed and start like hunting in a different pace she's like four five miles right now she's already i'm like you are lazy (laughs) come on as she's passed out right now under my legs under the seat but I want to get her endurance built up. Yeah. You know, swimming has been something this summer, but it's really been fun to get her back out there. And now every morning, I mean, she's always right. She sleeps in a little bed right by my bed. And every morning, if I flinch, she's up. She's like, let's do this. <laughs> and and she's because we've been back out in the field, she doesn't leave my side ever because she does not want to miss the opportunity to go hunting. So everywhere I go, she's just like got an eye on me. It's almost like, 
chill out. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to the bathroom. Yeah, exactly. We're not hunting right now. Just chill out. But you notice she's less than six inches away from me. Yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah. She's she's ready to go. Yeah, we we both are. Jim, what's your um, upland bird hunting passion? Uh, rough grouse are probably my favorite of of, of nice. all the upland birds, and so yeah, I've got a couple trips lined up already for this fall uh, okay. up in northern Minnesota, and. Uh, I, I too have to get my dog Hank ready for the season. So love re- that name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And breed is a wire-haired pointing Griffon. Love it. So love yeah. it. And you had a pointer. We were talking beforehand. Yep. That did not like your wife. What the heck? Yeah, she wasn't allowed to sit by me on the sofa. So it. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, I had the dog before I had uh, got married, and uh, yeah, they never uh, took to each other, and so. We, uh, when it was time to get a new dog, my wife did some research and it was a, a team effort to choose which dog okay. we were going to get next. <laughs> Does Hank so, like your wife? Absolutely. He's a big baby. So it, uh, Good deal. yeah. Why, why grouse? What, when did that passion begin for you? Uh, so I grew up, uh, uh, with my father took me hunting and that's what, uh, hunting Northern Minnesota for both deer and then also grouse hunting. And so I grew up with Brittany's and, uh, and that's what his passion was. And so, uh been doing that probably since i was nine i would guess somewhere in that age my dad's been taking me up there and still today he's in his 80s and we'll go up this fall it'll be my father and myself and my son so it'll be three generations does he have britney's nope he has no dogs now so he just gets to rely on uh on, on my dogs so it, okay. uh, which he likes griffs because they're slower working he can keep up with them so you mentioned bringing your son how mm-hmm. old is your son 19 okay Gotcha. How early did you start bringing him along? On the upland side, yeah, he was probably out there when he was probably nine. Uh, even prior to that, I took him out and he sat um, deer hunting. He would sit in the ground blind with me. And, and so the one piece of advice you mentioned, bring lots of snacks. That'd be snacks, the additional exactly. thing. Yeah. You can always keep a kid happy if you have plenty of snacks. So, um, but uh, yeah, he would sit with me all day if, if, if necessary and, and uh, try to keep him busy, try to keep him warm and, and, uh, and comfortable. And yeah, it's, do you have a favorite story of like a first grouse flush or first time he got one or anything like that? What stands out to you looking back on your time raising your son in the hunting world? Um, I guess the, 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 the first time that he shot, uh, I guess a wing got a wing shot on a grouse and it's through, you know, a flush through pine trees. The dog found the bird. It flushed. It was flying through the pines. He shot it. Didn't know if he got it or not. I lost sight of it. Um, and there was that sinking feeling initially because I want him to have success. And yeah. and uh, and then we started to look for it. And it only took about a minute. And the dog popped its head back out. And it had the bird in its mouth. And I really hardly had a, even an idea of where to start looking for it. Cause, uh, and so just uh, completing the full circle of success on, on that, it was uh, something I'll never forget. And, what was his reaction? excited and then the doubt when i said where did it fall and and, and not exactly sure and, and uh, uh or even if he, if it did fall and so yeah it uh um yeah it's, it's a spot that every time i walk past it since mm. i remember it's like yep right here right here this is where he shot his first bird and and so it's it's something i'll always remember isn't that cool how that those types of things stay with you i so i just mentioned had the family up north and we spent a week together. On our way home, took a little detour, and I drove them past where my grandparents had retired on a, a small lake in northern Minnesota. And I spent so much time up there. 
and I fished with my grandpa and we woke up every single morning before the sun and the dew or the steam rising off the lake. And I can just vividly remember all of that. We also deer hunted and grouse hunted in the woods around that area. And so I, we took the family driving down that old little gravel road. It's not gravel anymore. They tarred it. The house is a different color. You know, it's been out of the family for 20 years already or more than that. But I remember driving down the road and I saw some of the trails in the woods that have grown up and I can like picture where I flushed my first grouse, where I got my first grouse. It was there. And I was telling my kids, I was like, right over there, I had there was a deer stand up here and I got my first <laughs> deer with the rifle. And all like all of those moments come back and they're so rich and you just hang on to them. And and I don't know that if I were to gotten into the woods if any of those boards still existed or you know, I mean what uh-huh. it looks like today, that was such a long time ago. But the memories uh-huh. are right there, and it's so cool. I'm glad that you get to have three generations walking together in the grouse woods. The flush. So fast, it hardly seems real. So vivid, the moment freezes in time before erupting in a blur of spurs and feathers. It's why we changed the way upland loads are built with Prairie Storm. Exclusive flight control flex wad technology and a mix of copper plated lead and flight stopper pellets combine to create dense, deadly shot strings through any choke. Longer shots, more power, fewer missed birds. Only from Federal. Now is a great time to make the most of all that tasty meat you harvested. Maybe it's time to try a new recipe, sprinkle on a new seasoning, or make your own jerky and sausage. Trust me, it's not that hard to do and it can be fun for the whole family. It doesn't matter what you harvested or what you want to prepare with it. Walton's has you covered. Walton's has everything but the meat. That's their motto. Walton's.com has everything, and I mean everything you need to process and prepare your meat. Plus, they have an online community called Meatgistics that's full of recipes and meat processing information. The sky's the limit, my friends. You don't have to be a pro to cook like one. Head to Walton's.com today and enjoy meat processing season. Thankfully, it's a season that never ends. A healthy dog is a happy dog, and a dog's optimal health ultimately starts with an optimal diet. That's why I trust Nutrisource Performance Dog Food to keep Daisy healthy and running to her full potential. Nutrisource now has a full circle feeding plan that can help your dog achieve their full potential too. The full circle feeding plan revolves around their entire lineup of Nutrisource dog foods that contain their good for life system. The Nutrisource good for life system is packed with probiotics, prebiotics, and proprietary minerals that work together to support your dog's heart health and gut health. By combining this system and all of their dry foods and wet foods, you can rotate carbs and proteins like chicken, beef, fish, and lamb to meet and exceed your dog's needs and accelerate their natural desire to eat. Plus, their toppers like kombucha add even more health benefits for our dogs. Learn more about Nutrisource dog foods and the benefits of their full circle feeding plans at NutrisourcePetFoods.com. You've hunted with a variety of different dogs. Um, what is that? And, and I guess I'm curious why you didn't stick with Brittany's growing up with them. Uh, so I, I grew up with them and then I actually had a roommate in college who had a wine, uh, and it was, he, he, uh, guided at the horse and hunt club. So, oh, really? the, so the dog was a machine and I, we went out, uh, in North Dakota, I was at North Dakota state at the time and, and watching that dog work, I was just mesmerized, uh, by it and said, gotta have one. And so, um, 
the grades definitely suffered, but I got myself a dog while <laughs> in school and uh, uh, had a transfer down to the University of Minnesota. So I didn't you had to leave the hunting, get away area. from the hunting. And uh, uh, and then did uh, your parents make you leave or did you choose? No, it, it was a combined, I guess. Uh, okay. And so, um, but uh, uh, yeah, and then I uh, hunted with an English pointer, same thing at, at some point, and then uh, uh, saw the dog work. And, and again, so got to have one of those. And and uh, um, and so had had those two working in combination for a while, and then uh, got married. And again, we had to look at different breeds that we both <laughs> would agree upon, and uh, we settled on the Griffs, which actually we really liked. And actually, for Grouse, uh, the closer working dog, that that, that temperament is sure. is uh, uh, I think you know, a lot of the, we mentioned the wire hair breeds. They're 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 really good for your grouse woods yeah and so. so i went to college in bemidji and i did a lot of hunting up there the grouse hunting is phenomenal um but also the waterfowl hunting too and the thing about that college is like it's it's kind of well known that you're going to be hunting and fishing a lot going there a lot of the guys that go there but also friends that went to north dakota we did a lot of hunting up there too and it's the same thing when you come into class and i had camo face paint many times yes. camo clothes walking into class maybe a little bit late but the flight was on <laughs> you can't leave you know how many how many classes do you think you missed because you were hunting a lot <laughs> yeah and and i even thought i was smart to schedule classes tuesday wednesday thursday to think i could have a four-day weekend but i still struggled sometimes to get back <laughs> What's so, enough? i did the same thing yeah. i got all my classes tuesday yeah. wednesday thursday and long weekend yeah Megan's laughing. Megan, where'd you go to school? Uh, Purdue University in Indiana. You did not do any hunting there, did you? No. Dang it. No, I did not. Does Do you regret your choice? Uh, no. No, not going to <laughs> bird country like we did? No, my, my husband went to Bemidji and he's an avid fisherman. So I've heard many of the stories of, of the being late to class or yeah. having to skip out early because, I mean... Prime time, got to go. You got to go. The bite's on or whatever. <laughs> and the business building that I had a lot of my classes in is butted right up tight to the lakeshore. So in the winter, Walk right put it in four-wheel drive and you just park. <laughs> and a lot of the kids just park on the ice right yep. on shore versus trying to find a parking space. And yeah. And then after class, you're already on the lake. So you better yeah. go drill a hole, you know. It's a whole new world than what <laughs> I went to college in. <laughs> it really is. And they were, I think, lockers that you could put did you have lockers for your shotgun i rented a house and so we didn't have to worry about it same but, here uh, yeah. and, and definitely the world has changed now for i wonder if the dorms still have hunting you know places for your game i'm not sure it would hmm. bemidji would be the place that probably for a school to to, to accommodate yep um, i think finally of my days back there all right let's get back into some things that'll help people besides just us telling stories <laughs> <of> the past. <laughs> okay um let's see where should we where should we begin here so sportsman's guide you've got like a hundred thousand items you cover everything in the hunting fishing world as, as best you can you don't have every brand but you have most of them and it's up to you guys to determine which brands you bring on right that's your job mm-hmm. you're Absolutely. nodding right you're nodding, but they yeah. can't hear oh, sorry. you nodding. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, at, uh, first go around here. Yeah, no, it's um, all good. Yeah, so we're looking at brands that uh, uh, will meet the customer's needs, whether they're starting out or they're a highly experienced uh, um, a hunter. And and so we try to hit everything in between as well. And, and sure. uh, yeah, lots to sift through each year. And What does that best. look like, though? Do you Are you 
talking to the manufacturers or do they reach out to you and say, Hey, we want to sell our, our products on your site or do you approach them or is it a little of both? It's a little of both. And so we have the trade shows like the shot show and then the archery show, uh, every year. And, and, and there we can walk around and you can uh, stop into booths and see the manufacturers, but then also the manufacturers reach out to us on a regular basis as well, um, to try to make contact and see if there's a partnership that we can work out. Gotcha. And I think the biggest thing today is that the buyers are pretty smart. Online shoppers are very smart. They're going to go compare, right? Is that something that you guys have to factor in? Obviously, your prices, the price, get to the price. That's what everyone wants. Give me to the price, the bottom line here. What, what's it going to cost? How do you determine that when there are so many places for somebody to shop? It's a significant challenge and in, in, in going from being a, a catalog company when things were kind of hidden uh, it, to now the internet where it takes you five seconds to grab your smartphone and right. you can know what everybody is selling a product for. So, um, yeah, it, it's a challenge. We try to do our best to give the best value to the customer, uh, but we can't possibly uh, check the price on a daily basis. And, and so what we really hope to provide the customer then is, is uh product information and knowledge. And so that can be our value proposition as well. Be competitively priced, but also provide information so the customer can make their decision. I think something that is important, I would say as it, from a from a consumer's perspective, you know, when my wife and I are searching for any household item or whatever it might be outside of the hunting world, let's say we're on somebody's um, Etsy site or something like that, you know, they make a product. I don't know how comfortable I am sending them my credit card information, but also what if this thing is broken when it comes back? How long is it going to take? Those are things that factor into the ultimate clicking on the purchase button online. Do you trust the source sending you the item? So I assume that's a big part of why people will be buying directly from you online versus the you know, a, a, a site that they might not know or trust. Megan, maybe you can speak to that. Yeah. Um, a lot goes into the credibility from where people shop nowadays. And um, something that makes you Sportsman's Guide unique is that our customer service is in 2022 was rated number one in the country in the outdoor hunting environment uh, from an online perspective. So, you know, if something does go where you need to call in and, hey, this was received damaged or, Hey, I'm missing a part of my order. You know, the anomalies of the situation, we will, we're there to take care of, well, that we're there to help the customer. We're there to make sure that they have a great shopping experience so that you can return because it is such a volatile environment out there where if you're not happy, you'll lose that customer and they'll go somewhere else. And so sure. we will do what it takes to show our customer, like we're in it here for you and with you, and we'll do what we can to make it right. Cause we want to keep, uh, keep, you happy. Keep right. your shopping. I've got this catalog that showed up on my in my mailbox here when we came home from vacation. And the first thing my kids do is they go in and circle like <laughs> almost every single item in the catalog. Oh, dad, look at this one. Oh, dad, look at this one. But anyway, on the front, it's it's got this the buyers club deals inside. Save up to 73%, it says on the yeah. <laughs> How can you make any money if you discount an item 73%? How is that even possible, guys? Working with our vendors. Good partnerships. Um, what's really great about Sportsman's Guide and its involvement is the brand or the talent that has been brought to South St. Paul. Um, just different experienced buyers from different organizations that are passionate about the outdoor, that have great vendor relationships, that 
they take with them. So whether they're coming from Gander or, you know, a veteran at Sportsman's Guide like Jim or from Cabela's, there's a, there's a rich environment there with our, with our buyers who are very well respected in the industry and, and take care of their, their, um, customers, their responsibilities, their job and, in, in building out this assortment and you bring up the buyer's club. And I was a note that I wanted to talk about today, you know, from a pricing standpoint, the buyer's club is, it's a $59.99 year long membership where you get to save on some of these products where you get free shipping on 49 every day. You get at least 10% off most products, 5% off firearms and ammo. But then we have special buyer's club bullseye events to where as a buyer's club member only you get that 73% off. But if you're not a buyer's club member, it's kind of that incentivizing the customer to join, um, to join our buyer's club, to be a part of the sportsman's guide family. Um, we get unique shopping experiences like that. Um, it's, it's a very, very cool, uh, piece of our business that we are, we are building and, um, expanding and growing rapidly and having in our, in our catalogs now. A comparable to that would be like an Amazon prime member, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Gotcha. Um, now let's get into some of the gear for this year. I think we should start with ammunition. <laughs> Jim is smiling. Ammunition has been the hottest topic in the hunting world since the pandemic began. Where are we at today with ammo? I think it's still going to be a tough year for shot shells. Really? Uh, it is getting better, but uh, yeah. I, I was I, hoping you were going to say we're back. I uh, uh, I think the ammunition buyer is actually annoyed with me as I stop by all the time and, and say, how about these? And, yep. uh, and he's like, mm, it's still... Um, so it has improved, uh, certainly on the, uh, centerfire rifle side, uh, th- that market has, has definitely, uh, uh th- the supply has gotten better on the shot shell side from my understanding, that's still going to be leaner than we would like. And so it, uh, yeah, my panic level of not having enough shells, I don't have an insider to get uh, what I need. So yeah. I'm like everybody else running around town. If, if I find uh, out there some on the shelf someplace, uh, so um, but yeah, we do have product in stock a lot more than we used to, okay. uh, but just not everything. What's yet. the, what's the cause for them not catching up yet? I've, I've had Brian Kelvington from federal on a couple of times and we talk about this and you know, the amount of new shooters in America has really made it challenging for them to keep up. And then there's the hoarding. If people mm-hmm. see it, they buy as much as they can. Do you still have limits on how many people can order or is it a free for all? I think it's free for all right now. Okay. Um, I don't think we've gone back, but we have also, uh, there are some items that weren't out of stock on that. We, we won't take uh, back order and, and uh, uh, hold customers orders because we still don't know exactly when it'll actually come in. So um, there are some SKUs that are still shut off um, in the system right now. So, Gotcha. Is there any specific upland loads that people need to be looking out for that might not be available this hunting season or do you feel like they're going to have their choice i don't believe they'll have their choice i i couldn't speak for for the specifics uh there is product back in in, in stock but it might not just be the 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 brand or the uh uh uh, series that you've you know prefer Hmm. um but uh, when can they expect it to return or can they 
I'm hoping next year, I'm, my supply has gotten pretty thin. So at the, the, I know 2020 changed things. It was fine the first year. The second year I started to get a little bit nervous. And last year I started running all over the place if I heard that there was uh, shells available. So you're not uh, giving me the information I was hoping, Jim. Yeah, I uh, I wish I had better information. I was hoping maybe you with your connection. <laughs> so Let's it, go uh, back in the studio after yeah. this. <laughs> we'll see what we got. Maybe trade time. something, but... Uh, it uh, yeah. If I, I heard componentry was one of the issues as well, still. So I, I don't know uh, all the specifics, but yeah, I, I think it'll be better than it has been. But I don't think it's going to be uh, back to normal. And you guys sell by the box and by the case. Correct. Yep. Gotcha. Uh, they just have to verify that they're over twenty one. Correct. Okay. And does it cost any extra to ship ammunition because of the weight? Uh, I, standard no. I I I. I don't know of anything that uh, we okay. charge extra shipping fees for. Gotcha. Um, Megan, you want to add anything to ammunition from your perspective? No, I think Jim covered that pretty well. It is. It's a, it's a touchy subject. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's been hard. Everyone's like, get to the bottom of yeah, it, you know? it, it. But I, I don't know what else to add to it at this point, other than just the demand for it is so mm-hmm. high. And that has caused the supply to be hard to find. Mm-hmm. And I, do you guys know how much ammo you send out? Because, I mean, Megan, you were oh. telling me, like, it's insane how much ammunition leaves your warehouse. Well, even, like, the day you were there when we were in the warehouse. I you felt know, like 60% of yeah. the boxes <laughs> had ammo in there. Maybe Box more. had some sort, of, some sort of caliber ammunition in there. Um, it's just a lot. <laughs> I don't have specifics. Yeah. No, it's, it's um, a lot. Okay. We'll leave it at a lot. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get to the boots. We'll start with the boots and work our way up because boots are one of the most important pieces of clothing, gear, whatever that you bring with you into the field. And everyone wants the best pair of boots that they can get that'll last the longest at the best price. Is that pretty much an accurate assessment? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your That's fear. what I get from people. What kind of boots you wear? Because I'll burn through them quick. Yeah. I've burned through a lot of different pairs of boots. What what are you seeing in footwear right now that people should be looking at? So we have a couple um, brands that we're really we we're really promotional with. We have a great relationship with um, whether that's the Danner, they have the Sharp Tails, um, the Irish Shutter Wings, Irish Setter Wing Shooters. Mm-hmm. Don't say that five times fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we also have our own private label, the Guide Gear Uplander. Um, which are just like the wing shooter from a, from a build standpoint, they're just, you know, our own twist to it from a sportsman's guide standpoint. Um, but we also brought in some new brands for 2023, uh, Drake, Gator Waiters and Loa. So, you know, building on the foundation of the Danner, the Irish setters, the guide gear, but then, you know, also expanding, making sure we're paying attention to what the customer is saying to trends, what's, what's new, what's exciting, what's out there, what can we offer our customer? And that is, you know, from a buyer standpoint, what they are responsible for, you know, is finding, finding another customer that we can bring in. And if that's bringing in a, a new and trusted, reliable brand, then let's do that. And let's get that customer in there. Um, so then, you know, from a Danner, Irish Setter, Guide Gear, you know, expanding also into lacrosse, muck, Rocky and dry shod. Uh, so we have our footwear assortment is vastly expanded in the past five years. Um, when that new footwear buyer, his name's Daryl, um, 
his whole life has been in footwear from <laughs> boot barn. He was a footwear buyer at Cabela's and he's been at sportsman's guy for the past five years. He's done a tremendous job expanding, building, trusting, um, and really getting dialed into that consumer and making sure that they are taken care of because whether you're walking eight, 10, 12 miles for birds, or if you're sitting in a cold tree stand all day, you know, whatever the, the type of hunting you're doing, your feet are probably the most important part of your body that need to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and Daryl's done a tremendous job building those relationships with these critical partners. Yeah. Which is why I think it's, it's something that a lot of hunters are willing to pay more for because it's such an important part of the experience. You have wet feet, you're miserable. You have cold feet, you're miserable. If they're sweating, that's not fun either. Like you want a boot that you can, don't feel on your feet and you can just go and have the traction. And, you know, there's, there's a variety of brands out there. Is there one that is the most popular? Like, you know, if you look at all your SKUs, which one is the most popular for the the hunter on the move? That Irish setter. Um, the wing shooter. Wing shooter. Yeah. Yep. It's a beautiful boot too. It is. And in made locally here in Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. I've worn them for over 10 years, probably. And I think I like them. Like, they're so comfortable. I just wear them around as well, just every day. I'm not wearing them today because it's 100 degrees outside. <laughs> but um, I have worn the wing shooters for many years, and it's a great boot. The one thing, the downside to the wing shooter, from my experience, is that they're slippery as heck on ice and you're not going to want to wear them in mountainous country. So when it comes to mountain bird hunts or mountain hikes, what would then be a boot that you would direct people to? The Loa or the Kenna, we also have Kenna Trek as well. Yep. So if you're looking for those uh, more mountaineering uh, style boot, uh, the Loa and, and Kenna Trek has many offerings. With Kenna Treks, um, you know, that mountain boot, the break-in period on that boot is probably the most extensive of any of the other boots that I am familiar with. What can people expect if they were to purchase something like a Kenetrek? It's going to be stiff. I think they say you should hike about 50 miles before you're actually going to consider them to be broken in. 50, five, zero. Five, zero. And so it's going to be very stiff. Uh, Probably going to want to tape up your feet before you go the first time. But it's important to understand that because 50 miles might be two hunting seasons for some people. Right. You know, that's, uh, you know, factor that in to your purchase. So if it doesn't fit right, right away, there's a reason for that. But sometimes those boots, you know, the price point on a Kenetrek is what? $400 on up. I mean, yeah. that's really what you're looking at. For... And what should a hunter expect out of that set of boots? It's going to be stiff. So if you're side hilling and, and uh, walking in you know, rocks and really tough terrain, it's going to lock you in. Um, but, uh, uh which a, a lighter grade, you know, flatlander boot is not going to do. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's stiff. The sole is going to be stiff. It's meant to be carrying, you know, if you were carrying a heavy backpack, so it's going to protect your feet. Life expectancy. Uh, uh, it'll definitely hold up much longer than any of the um, synthetic boots that are that are out there. So you, you're going to get many more seasons out of uh, uh, one of the. Usually they're full leather um, boots as well, and so you'll get many seasons out of those compared to others so let's take a wing shooter for example i have burned through them from being honest more than one pair in a year just putting a lot of miles on them you know and i want a boot that will last longer than that or maybe i shouldn't say more than one pair 
but I'll burn them up pretty quick. And I'm amazed. Is there anything that I can do to keep them from wearing out? If you're able to go so much that you're wearing out the sole, um, that, uh, that's tough. If you're just putting that many miles on, I mean, some of the boots you can resole, um, if, yeah. if the upper is still good. Otherwise it's just putting on the, the oil, the oils and the conditioners on the leathers to that's keep That's probably them. where I go wrong is I don't yep. oil and condition them enough. How often should I be doing that? If you're going hard, every time you probably get back from a trip, clean them up and, and, uh, um, cause they'll just dry out. And that's the thing. If you're getting wet and then muddy and then drying out again, so it uh, um, probably depending on how often you're going, it might be after every couple times every a week, three or four times a week. If you're lucky enough to go that hunting that much, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, all, right. all right. Well, I need to be better at keeping the leather up on them. Then I I don't think I'm wearing out the soles. I'm wearing out the leather and the stitching. Yep, in the stitching. And yep. I think that probably applies to all leather boots, right? Yeah. And so the, uh, and just walking through brush is hard on them. I mean, yeah. it's different than walking um, through the woods where you're not necessarily. Irish Setter just came out with an equivalent to a Kenetrek. Um, and I'm excited because I'm going to try to break them this year and see what it's like hiking up in the mountains with those boots. I want to, I want to find out if they last just to see what other options are available out there. Are you familiar with this boot? I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I, seen I think it. it's. I think it's available now. It might not be. It, I don't know. I got a prototype. Like it's. It says not for sale on the box. But it's like <laughs> it's one of those ones where see what you can see if you like it. If you don't like it, I don't know. I, I like trying different boots because I always want the best one, just like you guys, just like mm-hmm. everybody else too, to provide that that real feedback on. Mm-hmm. I love the wing shooters. Like I said, I I they're so comfortable. I can hunt all day. I can walk miles and miles in them. So if I wear them out, it's probably my fault that I'm not taking better care of them. I guess. Um, but I'm willing to order another pair because they're so comfortable to wear, but I don't wear them in the mountains and I'm excited about trying this Irish setter pair of boots. I'll give a review on them when I can give you an honest review on them. How's that sound? If you're an active outdoorsman or woman on the go, then odds are good that you have toys and equipment that you need to haul. Well, our friends at Aluma Trailers, they've got you covered. Their trailers are built by a hardworking team in Bancroft, Iowa, right here in the good old USA. They have models for all of your hauling needs, from ATV and UTV trailers to utility, snowmobile, motorcycle, car trailers, and even fully enclosed trailers like mine. Trust me when I say that Aluma Trailers tow gear like a dream. Their trailers are constructed out of lightweight, strong, corrosion-resistant aluminum, and they are 100% maintenance-free. Plus, they come with an industry-best five-year warranty. Visit alumaklm.com to find a trailer that fits your needs. The Onyx Hunt app is one of the most valuable hunting tools that I take into the field every day, and now that app is available in our vehicles. Yep, Onyx did it. They launched Apple CarPlay. That means when you plug your phone into your vehicle, you now have the option to open up the Onyx app right on the dash of your hunting rig. No more holding your phone while driving, which is obviously dangerous, and you get all of the same layers on your vehicle dash that you get on your phone. You can see the aerial view of your location while driving down the road, just like you'd see if you're using your own 
Maps, apps, Waze, or Google Maps. Except now you can find out if the properties around you are open to the public. The landowner's name that owns the land. And if you're in North Dakota, you can see if that land is posted without even touching your phone. To use this feature, simply make sure your Onyx app is up to date. And if you're not an iPhone user, don't worry. Onyx is currently working on the same platform for Android phones too. Apple CarPlay, the latest incredible feature from Onyx Hunt. Always know where you stand and now where you drive with Onyx Hunt. Let's go to clothing changes. You know, there's a lot of technical upgrades in the clothing world. What have you seen? Maybe, Megan, do you want to take this one here as far as clothing for upland hunting and also just hunting in general? Yeah, so from a sportsman's guide perspective, um, what we've tried to transition to and have done a very good job of, um, is making sure Jim and I were talking about this is our woman hunter is being taken care of, um, bringing in some DSG, which have great products, a great durable product that are, you know, from the weatherproofing to the fitting, to the color assortment, to just that natural fit is making sure that a woman can still look like a woman hunter out in the field. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the blaze pink or the blaze orange if you're talking from a from a ga- big game perspective, but something that's comfortable, mm-hmm. fitting, durable, tested, weatherproofing. Um, that's been really big from, a, from especially from a woman hunter standpoint, like myself, is is being able to have that that brand and that quality and assurance that you're going to be taken care of as well. Um, we uh, have our own guide gear, private label, from an upland pant, vest, shooting shirt, and a long sleeve shirt that has all the technology built into it. The DWR, um, water resistant, help it get off. So if you walk through wet, early dewy mornings, you know, you're not, your pants aren't falling down because they're just soaked with, yeah. with walking through the high, high, um, high brush. And then browning is uh, another line that we go in pretty deep from an upland standpoint as well from from their technology from their um the durability that their product has from a consumer standpoint it's tried and true and trusted as well um so that's from from a from a an apparel standpoint where we stand where we're really invested in um we've added some McAllister this year that's a new one um I don't know a whole lot about that um, definitely would like to know a little bit more and, and try that out as well. Um, but Browning, the guide gear, and then the DSG for women is huge. Speaking on behalf of women <clears throat> and for men that want to bring their women onto the field, what are some things that are important for you when you go out there that I might not think about when I'm getting ready to take my wife hunting? For me, it's like my legs aren't as long. My legs, you know, from like I used to have to wear men's pants that were, you know, suitable for hunting and just the way they fit. You just, you already feel like you're big and bulky and all geared up yeah. and you, you want to just feel comfortable and be able to be relaxed. I think having a, a, having that feeling of like, I'm comfortable. I can walk in this. I have the different layers. I mean, you can start early morning and then, you know, a couple hours into your hunt, you need to start shedding some layers and just making sure that you're, you're built and prepared for that. Um, I think a lot of it is just being comfortable. If a woman is comfortable in what she's wearing, there comes the confidence in being out there. I mean, a lot of it, you know, just to get out there and 
be a part of the experience. If it's a first time woman going with her boyfriend or her husband or, you know, whatever the situation may be, you know, if you have the comfort and the confidence to just go out there and if you're just walking, even you just want to be comfortable. (laughs) Like that's just huge for me. Comfortable and warm and warm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, and that's what, you know, having these different aspects and layers in is, you know, from a DSG standpoint, they are, they're building different layers of product for some, for a woman to wear, because we tend to be a little bit on the colder side or want to make sure that we can, you know, can I stay out as long as he can? Like, I don't want him to be upset with me because I'm ready to go in because I'm cold. You know, DSG is helping with that and being able to outfit you for an entire day. Yeah. One, one thing that I've had to explain to my wife, you know, she wanted tight fitting gloves or boots that were, and I go, honey, I I think it's important for you to not wear three layers of socks. That is not going to keep your feet warmer. And I had to explain why. And like, your feet need to breathe. You're cutting off your circulation by putting more socks on. It's doing the opposite of what you want it to do. So helping her understand that part of the clothing side of it yeah because you know, that's important i want her to be really comfortable like wool is actually your friend and you would think the opposite but yeah. wool is wicking and it takes that moisture away from your feet um it, it there takes some trial and error though for sure because sure. i'm a very cold person like i i thought the same thing like well i have to have three layers of socks on and then i'm like i can't feel my feet but is that because i have too many socks on? <laughs> is that because right. my feet are actually cold yeah uh, so actually you know it comes to a point where less is more and these manufacturers are realizing that and using that technology to their advantage to give that to the customer. Sure. This, this came up, I don't remember, maybe it was like January or February or something, you and I were talking. And I was just really surprised at the amount of children's items that you have available for hunting. To me, that was huge because my wife and I will walk into sporting goods stores. We're trying to get warm clothes for our kids to to go hunting and it has been a real struggle it's been a struggle since we had kids and we started wanting to bring them out like finding good quality kids clothing i just think it's it's something that manufacturers don't invest a lot in because it's such a small amount of their potential business but it's hard to find good gear for kids, good clothing, good boots that they can wear out there and be comfortable and warm in. And I told this to you, Megan, I was like, Megan, I think you have the biggest selection of kids items of all the places that I've seen from different brands that you have available there. And I was just really excited about it. My wife and I, we were shopping online and looking at, you know, the options on your site. She's like, holy cow, look at all these different, you know, this is for Lydia. She Mm -hmm. would probably love this, you know? And so... I just want people to, if they're looking to bring their kids out, check out the the selection on Sportsman's Guide because there's a variety there. I mean, it's a really good selection. You guys have done a good job with that. Yeah, and that just speaks to, you know, it's we're thinking of the full circle, you yeah. know, so that's Jim from the hard lines and making sure your dog's outfitted. And then that's our footwear and clothing buyer, making sure that the family can go. And, you know, it's a very family focused oriented assortment. Um, from your four-legged dog to to your kids and just making sure that we set everybody up for success and not trying to leave anybody sure. behind. Yeah. in the We'll get to dogs in a minute, Jim. But in the grand scheme of the hunting world, big game dominates. We all know that. 
everyone listening here knows that. But how much does it really dominate financially in your world? I mean, like what percentage of the upland market is part of the whole pie? I'm looking at you. They can't see me, but I'm looking from the at upland you. side. Uh, it's small. I mean, it, you're you're talking one percent of the business probably at this 1%. point in time. Yeah, yeah it's wild it, uh, to me. And, and part of it has to do with you know how much gear is required. And, and so when you start talking deer hunting or even waterfowl, it's decoys and blinds. And sure. and, and when you start talking about upland hunting, it's boots. And if you have good ones, they're going to last you a while. If you get a good vest. That's going to last you a while, and then your clothing. So, um, probably your biggest investment is going to be in your dog and your, um, you know, uh, gun and, and and shells, and and so, um, you know, it it uh, and and it's something that we as a company haven't always gone at, gone after. So, I mean, there's been a either a deer or antlers in our logo since its inception, and so um, it's it's a, a a part of our customer base that we haven't serviced, I guess, over the years. Uh, 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 fully and, and we're trying to effectively do it now and, and so hopefully we'll attract more people over time as sure. well that, yeah. uh, uh, to our company well I think yeah I mean the online shopper like I said before they're smart they're going to research they're mm-hmm. going to look at all their options and then if they find somewhere that they trust and have good service likely it's going to come back right mm-hmm. um, let's get into the dog side of it and then maybe guns as well um, you know you guys do have a pretty good lineup I mean Megan, you were telling me about the amount of ruffling panels that you sell. Like, can you, maybe you don't want to say the number associated with that. Jim's smiling. <laughs> too. Yeah, they've been, uh, it's a phenomenal product and it's made um, our neighbors over in South Dakota. And they're, they're great people to work with, a, a great vendor, and it's a, it's a great quality product. Um, yeah, it, uh, um, it it's when we got them signed up um, as a vendor, it, it's the business has just gotten better every year. Yeah. Uh, with their, their struggle is they can't build them fast enough. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yep. yep. <laughs> and so when you get a shipment in, they don't probably last too long. Nope. Nope. They don't. And so it, uh, uh, I know they panic a little bit when, since we house all of our products in one spot and they see truckloads, um, I know from the warehouse manager standpoint, I think they panic, but we're like, don't worry. <laughs> don't they worry. won't, they won't be here long. Right. So, um, why do you sell so dang many of them versus somewhere else? You know, I, I, there just hasn't, there's not many people in that kennel space. And, and so, and a lot of people just don't even realize they exist. They think of the, you know, what you've had available historically, uh, and, and, uh, you know, two piece, you know, bolt them together. Mm-hmm. And, and now when they even find out a lot of people just don't even realize and and i'm surprised by it but i'm in the industry when friends or something you open your tailgate and they see the kennel and they're like that's fantastic and you're like right yeah it's i'm so immersed in it that i'm used to these nice kennels with everyone that i hunt with but i'll show up sometimes or i'll see somebody pull in and their dog is in you know like the wired framed Uh boxes and different things and i'm or the pet porter put together and it's in pieces <laughs> in the back and i'm like i don't know if that's gonna hold up very well if you get in an accident mm-hmm. or your pup's yep. not even in the kennel right now yeah. <laughs> because you can't keep it together you see some of those old ones out there um so you obviously sell dog kennels and electronics as well yep and so on the e-collar side we have sport dog garmin and, and dt systems are probably the three biggest brands that we carry there um and so it really runs the the gamut from whether you're just starting out and it's just more of a yard trainer, yep. um, all the way up to, you know, 
the Garmin systems that uh, track and satellite communication and everything. So, do you um, have the brand new one? The Garmin came out with a new 300 series uh, this year in the in the GPS side, and so um, yeah, it's got big color display. It's got mapping. Um, you can buy it with their inReach series. So if you need satellite communication for emergencies, you can do that as well. You can track your friends. It's it's pretty crazy with all the different it is. Uh, capabilities that they have. Sometimes the old school dog trainer be like, I just want to know where my dog is and I want to communicate with my dog. Some of that that technology is so advanced that it's almost, they're like, no, I don't want that. And they, they will stick with the other handheld that they've used for years and years and years. That's me. I keep it in my pocket. I just yeah. know where the buttons are located. And, yep. and uh, um, but yeah, I guess it's the... If you like getting the brand new iPhone every year, you'll probably like the Garmin and you like to learn. And Do people like it? I yes. guess that's a question. Are they selling? It? Yes, absolutely. Really? It's, it's our best, actually, to be quite honest. It is the, the top of the line is the best uh, uh, selling product. Um, so people that. are willing to spend, the, what is it, $900, I think, on the remote? To start out. Yep. yep. Yeah, you get one collar. It's a little over $1,000 for one collar and a, and a handheld unit. So, um, yeah. it uh, and, and you don't have to go to that full extent. They do even have a... a uh, a GPS uh, collar that uh, it just has a directional arrow. So it'll tell you the distance and the direction that your dog is at. Um, so you don't have to get too technical if you don't want the full touch screen. But people are buying the high end. Why is that? That's a good question. I, 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 I uh, uh, sometimes wonder myself uh, with, with what it is. I, I, but again, there's the, there's the people that have the, newest technology all the time. If, if you're a person who likes gadgets and, and tech, you're probably all about it. And for some others, it's more of... I know it's personal preference, but I'm always surprised that, you know, like the way people buy, because you'll have items from low all the way to high. And, you know, sometimes maybe it's because it, like if it's for your kids, you want the best for your kids. It's kind of like for the dogs, I suppose you want the best mm-hmm. equipment available to take into the field. When you add it up, man, that is an expensive bird. Yes. <laughs> that yeah. is an expensive bird. All hunting pursuits. You don't want to do the math on. Don't do the math. Yeah. Dollars per pound. Per it's bite. Not, yes. <laughs> yes. Thousand dollars per bite. Yes. The gas to get Oof. out there all the time that goes into it. But it sure is fun. Any other upland related or hunting related items this year that are new to the hunter that they should maybe think about and it can go beyond you know the upland space in the upland space i get i would say the 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 different uh, uh models of vests that are now available so whether you're like a strap vest or a, a traditional vest or even a, an upland jacket there's such a wide variety of product now yeah uh, available to you and and i i think of what i started with and, and the sure. few choices that were available then to, to now where the, you know, some of the strap vests are almost like a hybrid backpack. So if you're going to go hunt in the mountains and going to go all day, it's got extra pockets and, and water carrying capacities and things like that. So there's a, a lot of options now for the customer um, within that uh, world. And then, yeah, from the big game side, you know, the Cameras every year, you know, everything keeps shifting to cellular. It, it, uh, we just see that trend uh, more and more. Um, it's, it's not for everybody, but it, it's definitely the biggest part of the business. It's for so. Megan. How many cameras are hooked up to your phone? I just have two. Only two? Only two. That's it. That's it. How often are you getting updates from things walking by? Twice a day. <laughs> Jim and I talked about that on the way here, too. It's like, 
I remember my watch would go off and it was like Moultrie edge. Like you have a new image. And I'm like, I can't concentrate. Like you gotta had to turn it off. <laughs> you can choose to have it delivered only twice a day versus every time yeah. a beer walks in front yep. of you. Yeah. Which it kind of took, you know, some of that ambiguity away. Like it's nice to just go out there and just sit and enjoy it yeah. rather than like, okay, well, there he is. I'm going to sneak out back this way or, you know, yeah. whatever it may be. Um, but then just being able to keep tabs on what's moving is, is kind of where, where I like to be. It's just like, all right, well, that came through last night. Oh, okay. They came through again. You know, like you can still pick up on their, mm-hmm. their routine and their habits. Um, just even with seeing them twice a day, but yeah, they're starting to move the move big time now. Yeah. I, I wonder sometimes I'm so immersed in the upland side of it here with the show, but I, I hunt everything. I deer hunt. I've got a trail cam sitting on my desk right now that I'm going to send to my buddy because there's an area that we don't have a camera on that we're just curious because it was a giant last year at the end of season that appeared and we had never seen before and we're like do you still exist are you around here we need to know we want to know because it is a legitimate big big boy so it's fun to see but it also kind of changes things a little bit if you're getting a text oh there you are oh there you are you know like (laughs) We haven't gotten that into it. If we were to get that in depth into it, what's the camera to get? I've only really experienced Moultrie Edge ones, so that's where I would I would tend to go through. We have no no issues with ours whatsoever. But Jim might be able to elaborate a little Jim's bit more. Jim's nodding. Yep. It de- yeah. Again, uh, uh, depending on what you and uh, uh, what your setup is like and and what you want to do. Uh, if you want to see the deer gym, yep. If you're gonna set up if you're gonna run field. a lot of cameras, <laughs> uh, the cuttyback system is pretty impressive. Is it? And, and so uh, that's a unique system in that all the cameras talk to each other, so they're all connected to each other, and you only have one sending unit, so you only have one cell plan. Um, so the hardware on the front end is a bit more expensive, but on the backside, running your system, one cell plan, you have up to twenty three cameras, uh, and they all feed into one. So, um, what does the plan cost on something like that? Is it fifteen twenty dollars a month unlimited? But that's not too bad. No, for and, that many and, cameras, can you just do it during hunting season or when you want yep, to have a month. Yep, so it's yep, not like you a, can, your commitment. All the companies now have made flexible plans, and they're all pretty competitive with each other, to be quite honest. Um, and so that yeah, you can shut them down or you can downgrade to um, a, a lower uh, package from unlimited down to just a standard. And even the standard packages, you know, if it's six hundred pictures or something like that, depending on what you're trying to do, uh, um, it can be plenty or or what your your density is like. So, um, yeah, it's pretty affordable for all the companies now. They all make good cameras now. Um, The prices have come so far down uh, before to get a decent one. You might have to spend $300 on on up. And now for $100, for most people, you can get a camera that's going to do everything you want it to do. Um, And and, and so certainly if you go to $150, you're going to get a great product. So, and... Now I would say it's a, it's a apps that they use to manage them. So Moultrie has a, a neat feature now. So if you're the person who gets the branch that triggers, that was one of the neatest things I saw this year. If you have a branch that's always triggering and sending you pictures, you can turn that detection zone off crazy. from your phone. That's crazy. So it, it uh, so things like that yeah. are, are where the companies are moving forward. All right, well, well, we'll wrap this up, but I'm just curious. What percent of purchases, maybe you don't know this or hopefully do, but what percentage of purchases do Americans make online today in the hunting world versus walking into a store and, and buying it off the shelf? Do you have that 
information? No, and it's hard to 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 get. Most time, uh, companies report it's it's uh, at a top level, and and most of the retailers out there are brick and mortar stores as well as an online and uh, business as well. So, and are you seeing the market for the upland side of things grow? We are absolutely, and so uh, and, and part of it is that we're you're definitely emphasizing it more. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think the access that to to a new hunter, upland hunting to me is one of the easiest things that you can get into. Um, from an investment standpoint, you don't have to start uh, with thousands of dollars to get going, mm-hmm. and uh, and and there's so much public in many places public land access that you don't have to own land to do it. And so if you want to go walk. You can um, you can go learn and and uh, and you can have success. So um, yeah, I, I think it's just the easiest thing to to get started in. And I've done a lot of different things, and and uh, I always come back to it's my favorite. So Megan, you and I were talking with another one of your coworkers, Joe, a couple months ago, and this was after ICAST and the fishing world. There was a reel that basically was a digital reel. And this is a new product. And this thing would tell you like how far your cast was going or where you could like program it or something. Like it was ridiculous. Yeah. I actually didn't like that. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> what is ha- what is coming? Is there anything in the out in the hunting world that's coming out or coming up that hunters will be like, what the heck? Is there a company that you've talked with or anything that from from your travels and manufacturers where you just shake your head or you're like, this is going to be awesome when it hits? You know, through the last few years with the pandemic, the, the product development kind of stagnated a little bit. And so um, uh, I'm expecting more products to be coming in the years to come. Um, I guess the biggest leaps forward have been in the crossbow market for, oh, sure. you know, and so uh, when you have bows that are shooting 400 to 500 feet per second, um, with the accuracy that they have, um, and now as Minnesota just legalized crossbow hunting for all ages, which I think was a great idea, especially for your younger hunters to get kids out there um, earlier in the year when the weather's nice and and during the archery season. I think that uh, was a great step forward. Um, but yeah, that's where the technology has, um, I think, is is the biggest step forward. That you just kind of, as a vertical bow hunter, I look at that and go, wow. Yep. At the, yeah. Any hunting specials that you guys know are coming up that somebody might say, all right, I need to wait a couple weeks by my boots or I need to wait because there's a, there's a blowout coming and new gear is coming in, so we need to move this stuff? The new gear is all, uh, it's either in or it's continuing to roll in and it should all be here within. Yeah, we'll really start talking new for fall um, within the next couple of weeks okay. for all the new gear kind of consolidate everything for the consumer in one place rather than sifting through all of the pages will be very promotional on, on that and getting that word out. Um, but then, you know, I'd say, keep checking the site. You, you'll run across some bullseye deals every now and then we have flash sales, lightning sales, you know, and you just never know what type of product, um, you will see there. And it could be one of the things where it's like, Oh, I was looking at that, but now I really want it. Um, if it's, you know, 73% off, whatever yeah. item that one is, um, we can help you with your shopping more so than anything. Yeah. Well, I think, <laughs> you know, as a hunter or as a buyer, you know, you look at something, you're like, you bought it. And then all of a sudden the next day here comes a sale and you're like, what? Yeah. Dang it. <laughs> if I would have just known. Nope. That's our, that's our little hidden secret though, too, is 
you know, putting those things together, you know, special events, um, you know, merchants have, you know, they're on a different, we work together from a merchant marketing standpoint, but you know, they have certain goals that they need to meet and then they partner with us on marketing to execute those goals. So sometimes it, it starts up at the top and it just funnels down and, there may be a sale next week that we don't even know about. Sure. <laughs> so. Well, either way, your regular prices are as good as I've seen on items, you know, when I, when I shop around. So hats off to you for keeping your prices pretty much as low as possible on all the major brands, which I think is something to be commended on. And hopefully people, when they shop with you, obviously, I mean, you've got the response of, uh, uh, online retailer of the year, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's customer service. That yeah, you can't really do any better than that. So, hats off to you. Yeah, enjoy your hunting season this year. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for sharing a little bit about what it looks like on the marketing side or the on the uh, the outdoor gear that we like to use. I should say, we'll be back, Brandon, next week with another episode of the Flush Podcast. I did find out that we have a live show scheduled coming up at the end of September. We're back at Bear Cave Brewing in Hopkins, Minnesota for one and only live show there at their location for this season, right? That is correct. Uh, I don't know the date right off of hand, right off hand. Let me tell you, somewhere. my friend. Let I me know tell I you. Hold somewhere. on. Hold on. Wait for it. Wait for September it. September 28th. There it is. 7 p.m. Bear Cave Brewing in Hopkins, Minnesota. They have the, um, the deck space on top we're going to do it outside so you can bring your dogs and that'll be fun also we're working on a live show in south dakota during the middle of hunting season this year that we're really excited about there we're partnering with onyx and pheasants forever on a big big launch coming up this fall we will deliver that information as soon as we have it but that one's going to be a a big show that we're really pumped about Looking and forward to it. Two live shows in two months. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I will be on the road and I will be filming television shows, like I said, in just a couple of weeks. Like I'm looking at the calendar right now and it's go time. Yeah. Yep. I'm trying to get everything geared up. I'm trying to make sure my boots are broken in. I'm trying to make sure that. <laughs> so you see Travis walking along the interstate. He's just breaking in his boots. Just breaking in his boots. That's all he's doing. Oh, I'm serious. Like yeah. I wear, I've got hunting boots on all the time walking around the office here. And people are like, gosh, you're such a weirdo. I'm like, trust me, you should be doing this too. You cameraman slacker. You're the one that has to follow everywhere I go. So get your boots broken in now. And you'll thank me later. <laughs> I'll have then, to get some boots from Sportsman's Guide first. There you go. That's and right. Then we'll be doing some shows out in the field again. So you'll be getting breaks from me, sort of, Brandon. Sort which, of. Sort of. Sort of. I yeah. mean, I'll still be hearing your voice. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> thank you to everyone who puts up with it for an hour every week. I appreciate all of you. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Flush Podcast. Hey.